0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2022. Yes. We made it. We're we
2: here. Made it. We have
0: survived.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. It's a miracle. And <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, we're starting off... The- First episode of the year with me having a big old fuck up. I gotta let you guys know going into this episode that you won't hear my voice for the first like ten minutes of our guest interview today because a bitch missed her alarm. I my alarm went off. We full disclosure, we were, were recording really early in the morning. My alarm went off. I've been getting over a cold and I uh, hit. I I turned the alarm off and then set a new one for 30 minutes later. And guess what? That new alarm was for PM, not AM, because I made it half asleep. And um, I'm just letting you know right now. (laughs) I... (laughs) I was an idiot, and I feel so bad that I overslept accidentally. So you you won't hear me the first ten minutes of the episode, and then I come in. You come like in hot, a, though, baby. You come I, in hot with all kinds of juicy shit. You came ready, in <laughs> like in an absolute hurricane. I look like I was born at a gas station. <laughs> I look so rough right now. I threw a hat on. I put my glasses on, and we're here. So anyway, hey, you YouTube. Made it. <laughs> YouTube, go easy on me this episode, all right? Don't give me shit.
0: Before we started recording, Kelsey said, New Year, same old shit. (laughs) So, hey, we're we're making it happen. We have, seriously... (laughs) Um, what an incredible guest. Rachel an incredible guest. Man. Oh my gosh. Rachel is a relationship and communication expert, media personality speaker. She's the author of relatable, how to connect with anyone, <laughs> anywhere, even if it scares you. And I gotta be honest. I first fell in love with her on one of my favorite guilty pleasure shows married at first sight. I saw her and I was like, Oh gosh, I wonder if she would huh? ever do self helpless. And then because oh. this was, um, Uh, The Patreon community voted on this topic to have Mm -hmm. a relationship coach on. I was like, oh my God, I wonder if Rachel would do it. (laughs) And she said yes. So that was really exciting for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I watch you on TV and here you are in front of me. We got so lucky. (laughs) And by the way, what like
2: (laughs) just to come into the pod 10 minutes late today and like you and her are looking both just so beautiful, so put together. (laughs) She looks like she is on like currently on a television show for the podcast episode, like just so gorgeous. And I just,
0: I was so embarrassed. I was like, Uh, it happens. It happens, you know, I look like everybody's um,
2: drunk cousin that like just couldn't get it together
0: in time. Uh the drunk cousin Lord. is always the most entertaining one, let's be real though. Um oh, but God. yeah, you know, you may have seen Rachel on the Today show, Good Morning America, CNN, Access Hollywood, Steve Harvey show, all the things. Really. All the things. Um so incredible. Before we get into the episode, Kelsey, do you have any announcements besides the fact that you're going to get better at setting your <laughs> alarms? <laughs> It has not happened in like
2: maybe a year. I feel like it's been a long time since I pulled like a PM over an AM thing. It's been a minute, but you know, this again, it's called self-helpless. Sometimes we fuck up, sometimes it happens. So my my tour is continuing. The Hustler tour is continuing in 2022, as you guys know. Um, there might, by the time this comes out, there might be some new dates added for January. But I know for sure I'm at um, Comics Roadhouse in Uncasville, Connecticut. I think I've been saying Uncasville. Somebody was like, I think it's Uncasville. I don't know. Oh, um, Uncas- January 27th through the 29th. And then Valentine's weekend, uh, February 11th through the 14th, I will be in Fort Wayne, Indiana. At the new club that is reopening there, so so many tour days coming up. Go to kelseycook.com, get your tickets, and I would
0: just love to see you on the road. Oh, that's fantastic! And if it's the new year officially. That means aficionado. The process is officially live at DelaneyFisher.com. It is my signature process for increasing your revenue, your visibility, your credibility without having to rely on all the mainstream bullshit. Perfect, uh, perfect package for introverted business owners and people who just want to feel like they have more control over the direction of their business. So check it out over there. And I'm really excited. And um, the results have been really cool. And yeah, just excited about the whole thing. I'm um, so happy for hey. you i'm proud of you and excited. Thanks, Thank
2: yes. you.
0: You've been working very hard on it. Oh, been trying, trying. Um, well, have we done all the things? Are We've we ready done to get into things. it?
2: And now it's time for our interview with the amazing Rachel DiAuto. Enjoy.
0: Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. So excited to have you.
1: I'm so happy to be here. I can't believe you woke up for me. Oh, yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> Bright and early. I
1: mean, I, I just told
0: you before we recorded, but um, I found you on uh, Married at First Sight, one of my guilty pleasures. and I was no, like, I no judgment. <laughs> I wonder if she would do the show and here you are. So um, let's just dig right in. Do you have a favorite or least favorite quote?
1: I do. I feel bad saying least favorite. So I'm going to go with favorite quote just because I am all about evolution and growth. That's kind of a jam. And so it's a Maya Angelou quote, which makes me very cliche. I'm sure everybody, we've got a lot of Maya lovers out there, Oh yes, Uh, but it's do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. I love that one at just, it pertains to everything. Literally yep. everything in our
0: life. Love it. Such a good yep. one.
1: Get it together and do better yes. people. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Look at that. And Straight out of the gate. I'm already yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially in your relationships, you know, yes. time to do, do better. better. <laughs> um, awesome. Why don't we just start off with some basics? What is relationship coaching and how does that compare to, you know, marriage counseling or something like that? If somebody's just learning about it for the first time?
1: yeah, so I mean, relationship coaching is really just working with people, whether it's an individual or a couple in their relationships. It could be however they show up. um back when so I, I don't do coaching per se anymore, but when I was coaching, sometimes it was an individual because their partner would not do coaching. So they had to change, you know, their approach and and how they showed up and set their boundaries and you know, worked on themselves because even as an individual, you you actually create such a ripple effect in your relationship. So it could be uh in an individual basis or it could be as a as a couple, like couples okay. more like couples therapy. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. But it's all around their relationship with themselves and with other people and and all that jazz. Okay, awesome. So I'm assuming that you've
0: probably helped tons of people, whether romantic relationships, familial friendships, coworker, boss, all that stuff. What are some common kind of issues that you've seen, and some common solutions to those issues once people implement them?
1: Yeah, and this is something I, I talk about often. I, I wrote about in my book is it really always comes down to worth in every situation, it is it is a worth issue more oftentimes than not. Uh, so the way that we show up changes based on how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about our own worthiness. And so whether you're talking about a, a corporate setting or a personal setting or a romantic setting, if you don't know who you are and you are not comfortable in your own skin and, and um, just have that level of confidence, you're going to show up differently. And we all have different, you know, someone listening is probably like, crap, I don't have any of those things. And that's totally normal. And that's why, why it's so universal is like, we all have these, these challenges around self-worth and self-love.
0: Oh, so true. I know I can speak for myself in relationships. Once I started feeling more confident and kind of knew my worth, I started kind of demanding to be treated better, you know, in yeah. my relationship. And then the ones that weren't a fit didn't work out. And then the one that was, who was my now husband, you know, um, he rose to that. So that makes a lot of sense that that really is like the ground, you know, the starting level for all of us. Um, I'm curious to know out of, you know, everybody that you've helped and worked with, what is like one of the biggest transformations that you have seen, or if there's any that kind of stick out to you where somebody was really kind of discouraged about their relationship and then, you know, what happened? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, my gosh, there's so many situations um, that come to mind and i wrote about a lot of them. So I'm like, I don't want to use those because I feel like they're already (laughs) out there. Um, But I had, you know, I, I think one of the most interesting ones, because a lot of times, when people are talking to a coach or a therapist or you know someone to help them wherever they are in their relationship space they often feel like they have to get their partner involved and one of my biggest transformations was someone whose their husband was not involved and so and was completely disconnected from any sort of evolution or growth or you know all of those things but she changed so much that their entire relationship changed, how he was showing up shifted even just subconsciously because she showed up differently and he started showing up better. He started being a better husband, being a better partner because of her own evolution all by herself. And you just saw this woman go from, you know, in a really tough spot, in a really bad place, and, you know, uh, suffering from anxiety and depression, and then shift out of it into this butterfly, essentially. And so yeah. it changed the way everybody acted around her and that was the just the coolest thing it's that ripple effect that you you oftentimes don't even expect because you're like i'm just working on me <laughs> you know right. i don't know how this is going to work i don't know if this relationship is going to last and now they're happier than ever and it's a it's a really interesting to, thing to see because i think oftentimes we're like why don't you come with me you know why aren't you buying into this and sometimes not to say they don't they shouldn't but right. sometimes they don't have to Yeah. That's so interesting that you don't have to have the whole family coming in
0: for coaching sessions for it to have a huge impact. You can really just start with yourself. Um, I'm, you know, this might be for selfish reasons I'm asking, but as far as married couples that you've worked with, what are some things that you have suggested people try to really keep that like novelty and excitement alive throughout a long-term relationship?
1: Yeah. And well, one is it's recognizing that there's going to be an ebb and flow. I think oftentimes relationships end because we think that people are supposed to be entertaining to us at all times, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, and actually one of my, I just, I have one of my TikToks that hit a million recently was basically saying like, this is not like, they're not here to entertain you. Like, Mm. this is not a circus. They are not your monkeys, right? This (laughs) is not. So I think part of it's recognizing, like, it's going to be boring sometimes and that's okay. So that mixed with the effort of making it not boring all the time, you know, you want want to like a mix. Like if you just sit around twiddling your thumbs and you're bored out of your mind, we're not going anywhere in this relationship either. But knowing that, you know, there is going to be an ebb and flow, but I can put the effort in. I can make this, you know, as exciting as I want it to be. So staycations, just going back to the basics of, you know, writing them notes, leaving flowers, uh, you know, whatever their love language is. And that's something that's really important too, is understanding everybody gives and receives differently. And so Gary Chapman's book, I think it's amazing five love languages. Everybody should read that. Everybody I feel like has at this point. So good. So good. Yes. I'm an acts of service gal myself. Yeah. So like someone, your, your husband shows up with diamonds every day. You'd be like, that's cool. But like, could you empty the dishwasher, man? Exactly. And I love the fact that it really is just those simple,
0: basic things. I think people can get really overwhelmed or they're like, oh my gosh, I have to do all these grand gestures. But when my husband surprises me with um, a cup of tea that he made downstairs, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the luckiest woman alive. Exactly. It can be so very simple. Um, I know we just did um, an episode about long distance relationships and tips Mm -hmm. about that. Recently, my my co-host led that one. And do you have any kind of tips or guidance for people who are in a long distance relationship right now, whether it's because of the pandemic or otherwise, what could maybe help them if they're struggling? Yeah. This is another viral TikTok. Oh <laughs> I feel gosh, like I, no I, I, I have like,
1: <laughs> that is my new jam over there. Like I <laughs> hang out on TikTok all day, every day now. Um, awesome. But no, it was just crazy because it, it blew out of the water, everything else, because there's so many long distance relationships out there. People are so, yes. you know, there's a lot of insecurity in it because you don't get the same interaction. You don't get the same quality time with each other, especially if quality time is your love language, that's problematic. Um, so it's yeah. really two things you have to be able to communicate what you need and actually it's kind of three things communicate what you need let them know you know what you need to feel secure in this relationship because there's already a breach of security based on proximity and the fact that you're not as close you know you don't get that same affirmation as seeing your partner once a week or once, you know, every day or a couple times a week or a couple times a month. So communicating that, putting that effort in to reach their needs, whatever that level is that you need to get to, but also have, a, there has to be an end date of when the distance ends because perpetuity kills every long distance relationship. When you are just in it and there's no discussion about who's moving or we are both moving or wherever the, the end goal is, We're just in a loop and then resentment builds and then it ends. And so it's so important once you've hit that stage of like, no, this is my person. I want to be with them for, you know, forever is a long time, but maybe it's, you know, I just, I, I intend to be with this person as far as I can see, you know, have those conversations and oftentimes we don't have those conversations because we're afraid of the answers, but aren't you afraid of diving into something and being, you know, three years down the road and you never talked about who would move where, and you find out that they're not going anywhere and neither are you. Right. So. Right. And do you
0: feel like that's, those are important, obviously. So you're not, you know, wasting your time, but also something to look forward to something to kind of build on and work towards, yeah. even though you're really far apart or not seeing each other much. Yeah. Um, Okay. So going off of that, when do you feel like it's kind of time for people to go their separate ways? Are there any kind of clear indicators that it's time to break up or separate or divorce or whatever it might be?
1: In long distance or just in general? Yeah. Just in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I think when the bad far outweighs the good. And there's no attempting to shift that balance, and it just, you know, you you get to that point where there's just no good times, even when you're really struggling to find them, uh, can be an indicator that this is really problematic, and and it really comes down to, you know, is there is there a salvageable shot here, and if there is, is there an investment? And so oftentimes, you know, and that does become problematic when there's only one person invested in, in making the effort. Um, but really, if there isn't any good left, or there's a smidgen of good, and nobody's actually working to grow that good, then what are we doing here?
0: Yes. And then I guess, since you mentioned it, what about in a long distance relationship? Are there clear indicators where like, they can't, you can't solidify a date or when we're moving or...
1: How does that work? I mean, um, you have that conversation and, and if uh, nobody's willing to compromise and that's not happening, then you have to really reassess, like, am I fine being apart from my partner forever? And listen, there's, I'm one of those people, like whatever you choose to do, like good on you, like make it work. You know, you want to have a throuple, go for it. You want to be, you know, (laughs) across the country for the rest of your life, then if that works for you, I'm not here to judge it, but yeah both parties or a you know, thruple, all three parties, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have to be on, on the same page. And if you yeah. can't get on the same page and you refuse to, to really compromise there, then again, what are we doing here? Yes. So true. All right. So a
0: big one, big reason why people don't work out money. That's yes. a big one. So what has been kind of your um, experience with that, with, with couples or relationships and what are some things, you know, some takeaways people can maybe implement if that's what they're struggling with?
1: Yeah. So it's, again, it's these uncomfortable conversations. We have like this desire to put our head in the sand and then yeah. all of a sudden we're like, wait, why is it broken? I was <laughs> like, <"Cause> you never <laughs> talked about it. Right. So, you know, you have to communicate and you have to talk about and, and observe. That's the other thing is, you know, you see very early on, uh, and, and anyone who's ever dated someone for more than a month, you see how they spend. You see how they show up. You see what they drive. You see what they tip. You see, you know, how they're interacting with the world with their money. So you see so many things early on. Um, But then as you get into relationships, it's it's more talking about it and talking about finances. And it's not necessarily a difference in finances. It's, It's often a difference in priority. And so you have to make sure that to me, values need to align and how you spend your money shows where your values are oftentimes. And so that's something that's really important to just not only observe and be aware of, but also communicate around.
0: Yes, that makes a lot of sense, and it's interesting. You might be dating somebody, and they're like, "Oh, they're a great tipper, and they drive a nice car." And then you you get in a relationship, you're like, "Oh, you're sixty thousand dollars in debt. That is going to affect me in some way." Yeah, be like, "Dude, you're
1: driving a Ferrari and you work at Starbucks. Like, what are we (laughs) doing here? (laughs)
0: Something's not adding up here." Um, So, Rachel, because of COVID, quarantine, all this stuff. There's like virtual dating. That's like this whole new thing that really kind of amplified this last couple of years. What? How do you do that successfully without it feeling (laughs) like you're talking to, uh, you know, a fake person?
1: You know what I have to say. So this is the this is my my thing about virtual dating. I think it's awesome. It's a great filler. Like obviously, just you know, like the long distance stuff. You can't do it forever, like, you know, unless right. unless you're okay with that. Again, not judging. Um, but you really do get to see somebody in a very different way than you would if you're just texting them because people can hide behind their keyboards, pretend to be somebody else, show up differently in their energy. Everything is very different when it's just text message. So I loved that everybody started to embrace video, and it's interesting. So I, I'm I match a matches spokesperson and we talked a lot in the beginning of the, the pandemic about this video dating. And it was like, I think six or 7% of people before COVID would go on a video date or even ju- jump on a FaceTime before a date. And it went up to like, I think it was like over 80% within like three weeks, people were like, nope, nope, I'm in like, let me yeah. do this because it was the mother, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. But I think you can show up you just have to show up and in, in, like you are going on a date. And that's the thing. It's, I think oftentimes, you know, we've gotten so used to this zoom culture and, trust me, I'm a hot mess. Um, (laughs) 95% of the time and the other five, it's just from the waist up now. Um, (laughs) and I'm okay with that, but I'm not going on dates. (laughs) You know, I I think if you're, I'm I'm seeing people like people sent me screenshots and where they have, you know, the cameras in this weird angle, there's crap in the background of their room. And I'm like, dude, just clean your room. (laughs) You know, Like it's so simple. Like otherwise, just to have a conversation. Right. And the other thing too, and I have to say this, I'm like, on now on my soapbox. I have to say, hide yourself, hide yourself. If you are on a zoom, if you're on a FaceTime, if you're on a, like a lot of the in-apps, like match has vibe check. If you're in the app, like don't look at yourself because then you're not engaging with the other people. Oh. You're completely ignoring them. And studies show you, you actually censor yourself more. You judge yourself more and you judge them more. So it completely messes with our psyche So hide yourself as much as possible, and I guarantee you every interaction will completely change
0: holy shit, I did not even think about that. <laughs> that oh makes, my God. I, I can feel that way right now about podcasting. I'm like, oh God, my glasses look weird. Oh my God, like, listen to Rachel. Oh, wait a minute, my sweater.
1: You know, like oh my idea. It's the most distracting thing. Can you imagine? Because we are not meant to see ourselves when we're having a conversation. We're not meant to see ourselves on a date. Can you imagine if we actually had like a mirror? I mean, sometimes you go on a date you go to a bar and you see like they have the mirror background behind the bar. How many times are you checking your reflection? And right. how many times are you like, Adjusting how you sit or what you say because your face looks weird when you say that, <laughs> you know.
2: Like, oh my god, it's just you. Yeah, hide. you guys are just like sometimes it look weird from the waist down, and I'm like, today the, <laughs> the whole thing for me today, and like I hate <laughs> that I can even see myself. Block right it
1: out. I hide myself all the time. I'll move like the notes thing on my computer. I'll hide that over it. I'll grab so a Post-it note. I don't want to see myself ever, ever. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so smart. And I feel like, gosh, what a
0: way to get out of your head when you're on yes. a date. And like you said just clean one corner of your room. <laughs> I mean, come on, just a little bit of effort, you know. It's
1: not that hard, people. It's not that hard. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping
0: by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer so don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can
2: (laughs) Can I ask why hiding yourself would also make you
1: less critical of the other person? You know what? I actually don't know why. Um okay. I don't know why but there's research so they were doing research on this. I'm I'm a data nerd. It's the entire reason I got a master's in psych was just for access to like the library. Um, and I so I started that. doing research around. it. I was like, what does this do? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they were saying that like just hiding yourself, it changes, I guess, because I would assume if you're cr- criticizing yourself, you're going to criticize other people. It kind of just enters this spiral of negativity. Oh. Um, but yeah. i have to pull up that, that article, but yeah, it, it makes you a hot mess. So don't do it. <laughs> it also makes you so hyper vigilant because mm-hmm. like
2: I mean, especially on Facetime, if your phone's here and then you move a little bit and you bring your phone here, and all of a sudden you have four chins, then you're feeling like, oh fuck, okay, now I have four chins. So I have to bring my hand back up here, and now and I don't hurts, move. By the way, it hurts. It's not normal. <laughs> We're all giving ourselves like carpal tunnel. Guess. This is not <laughs> right. normal. This is hard. Um, yeah, it's such a strange thing. I didn't even realize you could hide yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's some programs. I thought Zoom had a capability. I, I keep trying to find it and I just, I go old school and throw a post-it note up. But um, yeah. a lot of the, the online platforms have been creating opportunities to hide yourself. And listen, you should check yourself You know, before, <laughs> just like you go to a date, you're going to look in the mirror before you walk in, make sure there's nothing in your teeth. You should make sure you're cool, but then stop because you're not yeah. doing yourself a, a favor and, and being able to just sit there and stare at yourself. And there's a reason why we stare at ourselves because psychologically we search for the most, the familiarest face. I don't think familiarist is a word, uh, but you, you get where I'm going <laughs> we'll there. We'll allow it. I love it. Most familiar face. And it's you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You are the most familiar face.
0: <laughs> what a good tip
1: just for yeah. life. Just for life. Just, just Yeah. Don't look at yourself
2: too much. Stop staring at yourself. You're no. messing it up. <laughs> That just blew my mind. That really blew my mind. Yes. Because that makes so much sense to me. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) No. I mean, I don't drink caffeine anyway, but I wouldn't, especially now, because I just woke up and I've had my mind liquefied by this information (laughs) that makes so much sense (laughs) to me. We we just did an episode about long distance, and um, I have found myself in a couple of those situations in the past year because of where I live now. Um, What in your mind is... Like the time mark of when it needs to stop being long distance, and two people need to kind of decide if they're going to live in the same place. Did we already discuss this? No, no.
1: no. And and honestly, I mean, it's such a tough question to answer because there's always different circumstances. And, you know, I've, I've worked with a couple who, because of a job, they were going to be separated for three years and they knew that, um, which is really hard, but they were able to work through it. The job opportunity was too great. She couldn't leave where she was. He had to go take it. And so they did weekends, um, every other weekend for like three years until it ended. So. It's hard to say, like, you know, after a certain amount of time, but it's really your personal endpoint. And there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with whatever that is that you set. And I just have, I always ask people is like, you have to weigh it all. You know, if there is, maybe you, you say, listen, babe, like after a year, I'm I, we have to get this together. Like I'm, I can't do this anymore. And they might say, okay, I I can't do a year, but like, give me 18 months. And then it's like, okay, well then it's 18 months. And then there's at least, but there has to be that conversation around it. And also you'll know when it just feels like it's too much. And then yeah. I also say sleep on that for 48 hours <laughs> because uh-huh. listen, yeah, yeah. hormones and feelings and mercury <laughs> <laughs> and like retrograde, <laughs> like there's a lot of shit that gets in our heads. So I'm like, yeah. listen, make sure that you still have those feelings 48 hours later. But if you do, then it's time to say, I- I'm, I'm reaching my breaking point and it's okay. You know, yes. we're all human. Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you got <Yes>. it. <laughs> I have a question about, you know, when let's say that somebody they, they're they're in a pattern and they keep kind of attracting a similar type of person and they're just like, oh, I just have the worst luck and I don't know what's going on. What is something that they can kind of look at and, you know, make some changes
1: around? Well, I mean, they're choosing someone, you know, so I I think it's really going back and uh, retrospect is awesome. So take that, that look back and say, okay, what did I see early on? If you have a pattern of, you know, F boys or, um, you know, non-committers or narcissists or whatever it is. Me and my 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Like all three all of them um, but if you have a pattern of that you're typically you're seeing something and it, it, you know it's the same thing with the financial stuff that we were talking about you're putting your head in the sand because typically of attraction I swear people will be like I don't care that they've killed seven people and you know they're I'm gonna be their eighth like they're really hot and so <laughs> attraction becomes this like this blinding light um, so you have to turn that off and say what did I see beforehand and what can I be on the lookout for moving forward? And, and this is something I preach about in general, which is that intentionality. And so it is one thing to just go out there and think with your body because um, your body will respond to certain people. They they might not be your people. And so when you're intentional and in saying, I want to date someone of substance, I want to date someone with integrity, I want to date someone that's not like all the people I just dated, you have to pay attention to it. And you know, how I, I like it is I, I love me some Marshalls and TJ Maxx. However, the place gives me anxiety. Like I walk in there and I want to organize shit. And like, I'm like, you got 18 different kinds of shirts over here. Nothing's in the right spot, color coordinated, not happening. And honestly, like it, that's one of those places. If you don't know what you're going in there for, you walk out with like shampoo, a chair, and like <laughs> <It's> some candy. <laughs> so so However, if you walk into Marshalls or TJ Maxx and you say, "I want a blue shirt," like today is my blue shirt day, what happens? All of a sudden, oh, that's what stands out to you. So what you an have incredible to be analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, listen, so you true. can buy the shampoo too. That's sad. they have uh, great shampoo, and it's it's not it's direct to market. People think it's like leftover stuff. Nope, they sell directly. It's the same stuff as in the mm. salons. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Tired of licorice? Want a fancy
1: dress?
2: That analogy is fantastic. It's so So true. true. It's like you have to really have your, your filters on going in and being like, this is what I'm looking for. If not, it's so easy to just get swept up in that. It's like the chemical thing that happens when you walk into a TJ Maxx. Same thing when you meet a guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. like, oh my God, I obviously need another sweater, yeah. except I have 18 of the same style at home. I yeah, just, you don't need yeah. another narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does.
0: Awkward. There's something
2: that happens. Something happens when you're in that environment. I just, the, all the Black Friday sales just happened. I was oh my gosh. The, I was in Sacramento for shows and I walked into the mall and Abercrombie & Fitch has made this full big comeback where they've got all this cute shit now. And I walked in and everything was 30% off. And I just started picking things up like, well, I think that'd be cute. Yeah, that's cute too. (laughs) And I bought a bunch of shit I didn't need. I went back to the hotel room, tried some of it on, and was like, what are you doing? And I went back the next day and returned half of it because I was like, what happened? I was. I was drunk in there. I think I was like (laughs) drunk or drugged, but something happened and I was not in the right frame of mind, but you're right. If I had gone in and been like, I am buying one shirt because I want one new shirt as opposed to like, let's just see oh, it's 30% off. Well, let me buy a bunch of shit I don't need. And it's the same, same fucking thing.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. If you don't know what you're looking for, you could end up with, you know, some trapstick stick from you <laughs> next or whatever. Like it, it's so <laughs> true. And there's so many distractions because there's so many options of people yep. that it's like you're like constantly weighing the pros and cons for each type of person or lifestyle or career or whatever. So it's like you have to step out of that kind of chaos to really get in touch with yourself. Like what is actually what are my values with no other external kind of input? What do I give a shit about? And how can I find that? You know, Who am I looking for in that sense? Um, I'm curious. I I love the fact that you said, sometimes you just got to think with your body because sometimes you just know by the way you feel and you don't have to rationalize anything in your head. And I think that's so important where there's been instances where I just don't feel right around somebody, whether I feel like I have to walk on eggshells or, you know, whatever, uncomfortable, and I don't even maybe know why.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you have to use both. Like I, I, when I, I, I don't want you just thinking with just your body, because right. that will lead you to the hot person that's going to break your heart. Um, <laughs> but I do think that we <laughs> we have reactions to people. Like we have yeah. a gut for a reason and, and it does take a while. And a lot of people ask, they're like, what's the difference between fear and intuition? And, and that's really practice. That's practice of trusting yourself and, and leaning into it. But there are so many times where, you know, you have a gut feeling that something's off and it oftentimes is, um, you just have to, you have to be able to ask yourself, you know, and a lot of times, unfortunately it's around an infidelity. Um, people are, you know, they, they feel something, and you have to figure out, like, am I just being insecure? And that's where that kind of forty out forty eight hour rule is. Is like, okay, is, mm. was I just a little <laughs> a little yeah. off, or is this something real? And and you have to trust yourself and know that there there are feelings, and you're picking up on. It's not just like some woo stuff. You're picking up on so many subconscious cues that you can't even consciously process. So understanding that, like energy is real. Like how you feel about someone is very real. You just have to begin to practice to to have some um, distinctions between them.
2: Yeah. Um, I I just saw a video on TikTok, I think it was yesterday, talking about the difference in a successful relationship versus one that maybe ends is seeing somebody having um, bad character traits versus bad qualities. I think it's how they described it. I'm probably butchering it a little bit. But trying to be able to discern the difference in somebody with something they can't change about Mm -hmm. them that's part of their character versus something like their communication is maybe not what works best for you. Can you explain that a little bit and like what you see are maybe some of the biggest reasons why relationships end or things that people have trouble changing
1: yeah, and you know it's an interesting thing because obviously there are, are things that are us, and that is you know our character of who we are and makes us up. It's our personalities. A lot of that stuff isn't going to change, um, but there are things like you just mentioned, communication, or um, you know, attention, and and things like that that can change. But we also don't want to invest in someone who's not willing to change because oftentimes they'll say, "Well, that's a that's a malleable trait." But they're not doing anything and they're not going to do anything. So then you end up in the same spot. So it's really important. Yes, there are some things that are adaptable and and can change to benefit your relationship, but they have to put that effort in to do so. And there could be somebody with really terrible communication that says, F it. Like, I don't want to. Like, I like the way I communicate. I'm hot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, <that's>, uh, <laughs> which is pretty much, you know, how like I've had conversations that sound like that with people. And I'm like, okay, you live your life, dude. they um, uh, have got some other problems in addition to not communicating. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, Text I was like, we're going to work only. on, yeah, I'm going to just <laughs> yeah. step slowly away from that situation. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, uh, one of the things that I, I preach and and I too stand by the most is the difference between a relationship that's successful and one that's not is effort. It's effort every, every step of the way, like we, you have to put the effort in. And there was a quote that I posted recently that was, you know, the biggest mistake that you could make is meeting someone extraordinary and then starting to treat them ordinary. And mm. oh. it, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Delicious. So we got it. We got, we can't do that. If we meet extraordinary people, you have to continue to treat them like that. <sighs> Love that! Yeah. So
0: good. I, I have a question. Let's let's say that somebody has recognized that they're in a like toxic relationship or something that's not working, but they feel very overwhelmed with how do I get out of this or what do I change? What do I do?
1: What's like one baby step they can take if they feel like they're kind of stuck? Support and accountability, uh, I think, is so important, especially for people who feel like it's uh, just this huge hurdle or, or huge challenge. And listen, there's there's a lot of situation that it's, it's really hard to leave um, kids, money, um, you know, homelessness. So like there's legit things that that really do get in the way of people leaving situations that are not only just toxic, but sometimes abusive. Yeah. And so I have so much empathy. But if you're going to take a first step, it's really finding that support system. And that could be from a friend. It could be from a family member. If it is a situation that's, you know, a far more dire and dark one, there are groups and there are organizations that are out there to help. Um, so really recognizing and just starting to reach out to the the potential uh, help that is around you. Not only it gives you the strength because I do think that there is a strength in that that feeling of I have somebody has my back because it's not my relationship and um, you know, you can have somebody who takes those steps with you so you don't feel so alone.
0: Mm. Yeah, so good.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Um, I have one more question too. In your coaching, how common is it for you to have people come in who one partner wants kids and the other doesn't and trying to navigate that whole conversation
1: Yeah. So I don't coach any, I haven't coached privately in probably like five or six years, but, um, I, I mean, I get questions like that all the time on my socials and obviously, you know, back when I was, that was a challenge, especially for daters, because people would say, you know, "I, I met this great person, but they don't want kids and they wanted kids. And, you know, that's a deal breaker. That is not something we do not change people's minds when we are creating humans. Uh, This isn't like a, maybe I'll just stick around and they'll change. And I'm not saying that that hasn't happened because it absolutely has. And there's circumstances um, that prove otherwise, but if you are entering a relationship and you know, something like that um, you know, something that's really a huge deal, this isn't like they'll never eat peanut butter. Um, This is uh, they do not want a child. That's something you have to respect. And, uh, you know, I have a, a huge challenge with people who think that they can change someone's mind on that because that there's a reason why they're, they're choosing to, to do that and choosing to make that decision. And that can be explored because a lot of times, and I've heard this many times, is where someone doesn't want to have kids because they had shitty parents. And so maybe that's something that mm-hmm. they can explore and understand and maybe work through, but you can't bet on that. You know, you can't right. bet on somebody changing an enormous life decision, um, in order to, to decide whether or not to have a relationship with them. It has to, you have to trust people at their word when it comes to those things. And if they change and come back, then that's one thing. But if, if one party really wants and needs to have kids and the other one is not interested, the compromise is no kids. Yeah. 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 Oh, such a good question. I got so many questions just
0: on that topic because we've talked a lot about this on, on this show. Um, this is something that I feel like people don't talk about very openly. However, there's so many freaking support groups and like underground groups about it of people who at some point regret having kids. And they mm. feel like they, they can't tell anybody yet. There's so many of them because we've just shunned them that they're a bad person. Have you ever come across somebody like that? And how can they help themselves or even in their relationship, if it's affected their relationship dynamic, have, has that ever happened throughout your career?
1: I haven't had someone, um, as a client that did that, um, that they've gotten to, you know, a relationship, had children and regretted it, but I've seen, you know, I've witnessed it and I've seen the stories of it. And TikTok is where I really learn everything in my life at this point. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, it's real, like these people are real and these are real stories. And and oftentimes there's just so much resentment that comes in because if they, you know, whether they were tricked into having children, especially, you know, as a a man thinks the wife is on birth control and all of a sudden she's not and poof comes out a child, you know, it's, it's understandable to have those feelings of resentment. So my gosh, there's so much to unpack there of, you know, the, the party that deceived or the party that, that is, you know, the wanted and, and got what they wanted needs to kind of fall on their sword and understand that this is something that, you know, they need to take responsibility for if it, if it was a deceitful way, or maybe it just happened and they decided to keep it and you know, now have this situation where they're not fully invested, you know, it's, it's a hard thing and I'm a mom. So I think Mm. of it from so many different perspectives and my personal perspective of, you know, I, I don't, I I think once you also create a human, you have some responsibility for their mental health and their, you know, their feelings of love. Um, so part of it's like trying to get over that, um, at the same time, I, I, I'm like, I don't even know, like, I'd have to take yeah. it step by step on that one. Cause you know, it, it's hard to show love when you feel resentful of something. Yeah. And that just sucks for, it sucks for everybody. Right. And the kids yeah. didn't do anything wrong, which, right. you know, that's the part that breaks my heart. It's like, what do you do? And, and how do you, how do you protect their hearts?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for um, couples who, have kids and don't regret having kids, but it has negatively impacted their marriage yeah. um, or their relationship. How do you, I mean, to me, honestly, that is a fear of mine of yeah. potentially having kids someday is, um, you know, Those I come from... take over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, you know, my parents are divorced. I, I have a lot of divorce in my family and I see a lot of divorce in my life. And I, I, I see a, patterns sometimes of people having kids and then that happening. And I, I can't imagine how it wouldn't be a very, very hard thing on a relationship. And I just wondered if you have some things that you tell people to, to help navigate that.
1: Yeah. Well, one, I think your partner's still first you know, I think everybody's like, all of a sudden, you no, know, this baby comes out and they go above all. And yes, they're very important. And they are a close, close second. Um, but they leave you. <laughs> they, I like, I, I have a, my son is 21. We have 21, 18, 15, and 11. We have a blended wow. family. And I'm like, Oh my the 11 year olds already ignoring us. You know what I mean? So like if, if you invest all of your attention and everything and make it everything about the kids, all of a sudden wow. they move out and you're alone and you don't know your partner. And, and even along the way, you start to drift apart because you're not putting the effort in. It goes back to you know what I said before about the biggest way to save a relationship and the biggest indicator of whether it's going to work is who's putting effort in. Are they both putting effort into this relationship? And if you are, you're going to find time beyond just children. Yes, they, they do take over your lives, but you figure out ways to prioritize your relationship and you figure out ways to prioritize each other. And you do the things that you did before you had kids. And yes, you're exhausted sometimes. And yes, sometimes you get a pass, but you know, intimacy has to continue. Like that is a, you know, unless you're asexual, I always, I have so many caveats now because like,
0: there's always, <laughs> Wait, listen, disclaimer, I disclaimer, I disclaimer.
1: You yeah, sound like us. Like, yes, uh, we do like,
2: that all the time on the podcast. We're like, unless you're, you know, like, yeah, unless you're so this, or this, or yeah. this. And
1: I'm like, again, from TikTok, I was like, there's a lot of asexual people out here. They could care less if they have sex for the rest of their lives, which is totally fine. But like yeah. for for the larger percentage of the population, you know, you have to continue to, to, to be intimate. You have to continue to put that effort in and recognize that yes, your kids are freaking important. You created them, you're responsible for them. Um, yeah. but you're still responsible for nurturing the relationship. Yeah.
0: So good. I've, I have, I have, I have a, another selfish question because my, my husband and I have decided not to have kids. And I'm so curious to know throughout like your work as a speaker or coach in the past, how many people have come to you or, does it seem like there's a large percentage of people who regret not having kids? When no, they-
1: you guys are living your best life. <laughs> oh my
0: god! No, so, like I, I'm sixty-something, and I really wish in our twenties. You know? Yeah. I mean, is it? Maybe I'm just jealous. This is fascinating to me. Oh my
2: god! Please tell me everything of your experiences yes. with this. I no, definitely want to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, maybe there are people. I'm listen. There's always going to be somebody who. I mean, I have a friend who every decision. Like, like she could be picking like vanilla or chocolate and she'll regret it for the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so <laughs> right. There's going to be people that regret or look at things and listen, yeah. kids are awesome and amazing. But like, if you're making a conscious decision over something, I, I don't see a whole lot of people coming and saying, oh my gosh, I wish I had done this. What I do see, and this is that this one is a little bit more heartbreaking is someone who didn't get married or didn't find their partner. And had lost that window. Mm -hmm. And so they biologically were not able to. And then in their 50s and 60s are like, that's my biggest regret is not having a child. Mm -hmm. That I see often. Um, but no, you guys are just drunk and you're all over the place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Having a good old time. (laughs) How did you know? (laughs) You read me. You read me like a book.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Fascinating. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kelsey, any other questions? I mean, I could ask you a million. <laughs> oh, we could be here all day. Yeah. I I so appreciate you coming on and giving us your time and we so got it. This was a blast. Yeah. Lending us, <laughs> Lending us your brain for an hour. It was really, yeah. really nice to talk to
0: you. Thank you. Yeah, You're so welcome. Um, Rachel, do you want to leave anybody with like any kind of last thoughts, words of <laughs> wisdom, anything, <laughs> and then also where people can find you and your work and your book and everything.
1: Um, no, I mean, I guess I just want people to live their lives the way they feel best. You know, I think we, we stop shooting. There's no more shoulds like do what feels good to you. I mean, within reason, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I don't know, like if psycho killing felt good to you, I feel like maybe we should work on that, but right. no, I feel like it's just be your own person, make your own decisions and, uh, allow those voices to quiet in your head and, and you'll be in a good place moving forward. Um, but yeah, I'm Rachel D'Alto. Everywhere my book relatable is on, everywhere books are sold. Hey, um, okay.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. That <laughs> amazing! Oh, thank you so much. This was yes. so great. I learned a shit ton. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Awesome, <laughs> yes. awesome. All right, so fun. Thanks, guys. All
0: right, thanks, Rachel. Soon. Have a good one. Bye. 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 Oh my gosh! Can Rachel be our new best friend, please?
2: <laughs> please. <laughs> Just a third mic on the show always. (laughs) I am going to go back and listen to the first 10 minutes I missed. So good. Because you were like, (laughs) the things that you said that you guys talked about,
0: I was like, well, shit, I want to hear about all that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. She just absolutely crushed it. One thing that is a huge takeaway for me is that she said every relationship kind of issue or whatever healthy relationships are based on, all of it stems from worth and self-worth. So that really dictates everything and how you show up in a relationship and also how people treat you in a relationship. So that I feel like is such a big, a big takeaway that we can all really think about going forward no matter what the relationship is. Wow. Love that. Love the simplification of it, baby. I mean, as a business simplicity coach, I really appreciate that shit when there is like one main One main nugget, one main takeaway that I will always really remember about a specific topic, and um, I think that's an excellent one.
2: Absolutely. And I've said this quote several times on the podcast, and I, I say it on stage as part of a joke about therapy, but I love the quote that says, once you know your worth, you'll stop giving people discounts. Yes. Because... If you don't have your worth in the right place, you are going to overlook shit. It's kind of like what we talked about with her, um, the TJ Maxx analogy yes. and me going into Abercrombie and Fitch. It's like if you don't have your worth in the right place, if you are not zeroed in on what you know you deserve, that's right. when you get kind of loosey-goosey with your boundaries and you're like, well, I'll make an exception for this or yeah. you're really hot, so I'll like overlook this problem or whatever. And you got to know your worth. You, you just totally. you fucking
0: have to. And I feel like it's like why it's so important to really get to know yourself outside of a relationship too, because then you know what you're looking for because you know yourself too. And you really know what you need and what doesn't work for you and all of that. So yeah, she freaking, she blew my mind. She crushed it. (laughs) I cannot wait to go listen to (laughs) that.
2: First time You'll it. enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was just like I a really bunch excited. of rapid fire questions. Like, okay, let me pull out my list of 150 questions that I <laughs> shot it down. Atta girl. Atta um, girl. Shall we read the iTunes review of the episode? Yes, we have. Um, this is from
2: Mallow Kitty 9. They say uh, I'm a new fan. I was introduced to this podcast in the midst of a breakup. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, and was told to listen to the episode "How to Heal a Broken Heart." I have been hooked ever since. Thank you for your humor, oh. vulnerability, and authenticity. Self Helpless is funny and refreshing while engaging in important conversations. I love listening in.
1: Oh, oh
3: thank wow. you.
0: Thank that you. Was very nice. Hello Kitty Nine. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That is so cool when we can, when they, when they list like a specific episode that they kind yeah. of found or threw them in. And I, hopefully you're enjoying this episode too, all about relationships and earth yeah. and all of that. So yeah. Thank you so much. Kels, sure. any segments or hot plugs or hot you guys? This again, this is coming out a
2: while after it actually happened. Cause we just in real time, it was just Thanksgiving. Yes. We're just we're coming off of Thanksgiving weekend right now. Yeah. So I got to meet my baby
0: niece for the first time. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. Was it amazing? Oh my god. Dude, Let me she's tell so you. So freaking cute. Those pictures you showed me. Oh
2: my gosh. I'm obsessed with her. I know I'm biased <laughs> because she's my niece, but she is such a beautiful, perfect, adorable baby gap baby. She is <laughs> yeah. a teeny tiny little baby model. Here's what happened. I did not know – I didn't know how I was going to react to seeing her. Yeah. I tried to FaceTime with her most days and just be able to, like, wave at her and, you know, make kissy faces and all that. Yeah. I walked in. I saw her, and it was like I was meeting a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've only seen (laughs) photos and videos. There's there's been all this buildup of meeting her. She's like a little celebrity in my mind. I saw her. I burst into tears. It was like I was fully meeting Justin Timberlake. I I saw her. I dropped all my belongings. I burst into tears. And then here's the problem. When a baby's three months old, they're doing a lot of mimicking and like they're very emotional. So she was totally fine. She had gotten there from my dad's, from this long car ride. She's doing great. She sees me burst into tears. Oh my! God. I look at her. Her bottom lip starts quivering. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. She bursts into tears. And then she did not stop crying for, like, an hour. Like, w- nobody could get her to calm down. I upset her so much with my emotional reaction to her. I was like, god damn it, Kelsey. Just really... Smooth, oh. smooth moves as an
0: aunt right out the gate. Just right out the gate. Yeah, she's already your mini me, basically. <laughs> just wow, already copying everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> Can't cry without this baby crying. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I just picture you just sweaty, tears, just a mess oh, meeting her. Makeup ruined immediately. I
2: just, <laughs> it's, it is such a strange sensation to see. A tiny person that yeah. looks like your family. Yeah. Because she looks like my mom. She looks like my mother. She looks like me. Yeah. And it's it's very bizarre. And I think yeah. it just like – it just was very overwhelming. It was like I was in a weird dream.
0: Yeah. Did you get a chance to calm down and actually hold her and hang out with her? Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> yeah. When I say I burst into tears,
2: I wasn't like hysterical or anything. But it was right. like – you know, like I, I cried for yeah. like – you know. A few seconds, and then yeah. I got it together. Especially once I realized that she was crying, I was like, "Okay, Kelsey, stop right. crying because now <laughs> she's crying." But yeah, I, I had such a magical day meeting her. I I'm gonna go visit them again soon, and I just, uh, it was great. So oh, that's, that's my so awesome. Yeah, she's Dude, amazing.
0: That's so cool.
2: Yeah. Yay. Um, what's what's oh something that's God. going on with you?
0: I got a tattoo. I don't think we've recorded together since I've gotten a fucking tattoo. Yes, you <laughs> you did get a Move tattoo. Out. Show, the, oh, show gotta, the people of I YouTube. Gotta take, I got to take my shirt off for this one, YouTube. Oh, You're you don't have to tell
2: Delaney twice.
0: <laughs> if we know anything about Delaney <laughs>
2: over the years.
0: I'll do that shit for free. Um, <laughs>
2: you'll do that shit for meatball <laughs> recipe.
0: That's true. So I have, oh. it's kind of hard to see, but um, this is an idea that I've had since I was 18 when I was like my first year of college. Um, but it's a mixture of all of my grandparents' handwritings and my grandpa's oh. like, Favorite signature word of absolutely. So it says absolutely. But the left side are my um, my grandfather's handwriting and the right side are my grandmother's handwriting. And I pieced it together with different greeting cards and letters and stuff like that and strung it together. Um, originally, it was just going to be my grandpa's um, thing, but I was like, "Why don't I just throw everybody in there? You know, let's just take care yeah. of all the grandparents in one tattoo." Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I got freaking tatted, you guys, so crazy. And I think oh. the last time that we recorded together, one of the last times, I was talking about how, you know, I say absolutely, or you know, absolutely, is such a, a distinct word for me because of my grandpa, and yeah, now it's tattooed on my arm. <laughs>
2: It looks so good on you. You're Thank absolutely you. rocking that tattoo. And you know what's Sorry. funny is you over the years sometimes – I don't know if you joke about on the podcast, but you'll joke about it with me. Like yeah. you'll like forget to have shaved your armpit. Oh, yeah. And you just got a tattoo in a spot where when you show people you have to do this – You have entered into a new realm of responsibility that you, I don't know if you're prepared for.
0: You know what's so funny? I keep forgetting I have a tattoo and then I'll like put my hair up in a bun and I'm like, oh my God, my tattoo, I forgot. And I'm like, oh my God, my armpits, I got to shave them. It's like the most permanent reminder that to shave my armpits. So Cam, you're welcome. Everybody else, you're welcome. Um, But yeah, my pits are going to be really, really clean and and clear going into 2022. (laughs) But yeah, I was shocked by how I thought it was going to be so painful and I was so scared and yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. And especially a lot of people freaked me out about this location. They're like, Oh, it's going to be so sensitive and horrible. But I, unless I just had like the most incredible tattoo artist on the planet, which he was amazing, but it, I, I could totally do it again. Wow. I could totally do it again. I'm like, I might be a tat person, that you guys. Is. I might have more tats coming up, but we'll I say. could totally see you with that. Maybe you, maybe you have a high pain tolerance too. Maybe, yeah. It was just. It was also really fun. I went with. Um, I went with my cousins. We all got a different version of my grandpa's handwriting (laughs) on us. So it was really, really such a cool experience. And um, yeah, I just like. It was such a blast. So different than what I when I thought it what I thought it would be. And I I haven't gotten a chance to tell anybody this, but um, I just want to thank you all so much for the messages that you sent me. When you mm. heard about my, you know, my my grandfather passing away, I cannot tell you how much that meant to me. I got emails, I got um, Instagram messages that I was made aware of. I got all these different things in mm. my inbox, and um, yeah, I just think like our community is so incredible. Like the fact that you took your the time out of your day to write me those like sweet messages and letters, like. Like especially because I'm off the grid. So it's like, it's hard to kind of, I'm not as easily accessible as I used to be. So like, you really had to like sit down and write an email and find my, you know? (sighs) Um, So thank you. That was just so kind. And um, one thing that I've really kind of, I feel like I've experienced now is kind of the full benefit of being an entrepreneur and having like this kind of working for ourselves lifestyle mm-hmm. that, that we have, like, I, I feel like I've reaped the benefits in other ways. Like, Oh my God, it's so fun and freedom to go on vacation. And I could work from the beach. Right. But this is like, it, it's just solidified. Like this is giving me the freedom to like be there with my loved ones, like at the end of their life. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I can't yeah. believe I was able to just, take a week off, take days off, go over there, spend the nights. And like, I can't believe that, you know, my, my job gives me that kind of freedom. And that was like a huge, that really hit me really hard recently. And the fact that, you know, my grandma is now, you know, you know, she's, she's older as well. And the fact that I can just go over there and spend the night for a couple of nights if I want or whatever. um, I just feels like, yeah, I'm just so very grateful. It's been fucking hard building this, but like, I'm so grateful so worth it to have that kind of freedom. And I, I don't think I've really experienced it on that type of level yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's been, that's been really been kind of a big, I know we're kind of, we're in the new year now, but that's really been a big takeaway for me yeah. in,
2: 20, in
0: 2021. Uh, yeah, for sure. That, I
2: experienced that with a family member in the hospital for 5 months. Um yeah. where you're like if I had a 9 to 5, this would not be possible. Right. And uh yeah, there the upsides to being your own boss are
0: pretty extraordinary. So
2: mm-hmm. I feel I feel fortunate every day.
0: Yeah. 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 And if you're out there pursuing the same thing, just Keep that that freedom piece in mind because I think that for me is has been a really driving force. Uh, yeah, for all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and you know so for sure yeah. yeah. Well,
2: yeah, our listeners are amazing. Um, thank you so much, you guys, for being with us. We just crossed five million downloads, um, Crazy. which is insane. <laughs> I mean we're yeah we're so lucky we truly love each and every one of you so much and um just thank you thanks for wanting to be part of our community and and listening in and
0: yeah yeah. seriously and kelsey one more time where people where can people find you Kelseycook.com for for
2: those tour day tickets guys you can also follow me on instagram at kelsey cook comedy and on tiktok at kelsey cook comedy
0: beautiful and you can yeah. check out delaney fisher if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking for like a lot more freedom in your life uh aficionado the podcast is where we do all that stuff it's all yes. a- all about it so feel free to come join us over there yay all right all right we will talk to you guys next week bye bye